This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Rachel Turner, and today's episode, uh, we're going to be talking about violence and how do we explain it to our kids. We're going to be answering the question about uh, how do we run a course and primarily how does it make people feel and how do we help people do that. And uh, we'll also be hearing from uh, my colleague Anna, who's going to be talking about chatting to God and prayer with under fives and how do we help them genuinely connect with God through prayer in a way that uh, connects them rather than uh, just becomes an activity to do. So uh, let's get started. Uh, Just so you know, I'm recording from The Forge, which is a children's and families pastors conference that we run at Parenting for Faith, but it means people will be coming in and out and going to breakfast. So if you hear voices in the background, uh, it is just a bunch of people who love your kids uh, who are tired and trying to get toast. So let's jump in with the question of violence. Uh, We've got several questions about this, and so I wanted to give a bit of a segment to it. Around the country, we've had what seems like an upswell of stabbings but uh, when you sort of look back in the news, this 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 knife crime thing has been sort of dripping, dripping along. And um, when it's in the news, sometimes our children will hear about it. And and how do we explain that to our children? And and how do we talk about who God is in the midst of it? Uh, several of you wrote in questions, and 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 one parent uh, was saying that she had a twelve year old, and uh, and her kid was quite freaked out by this as he as he heard it on the news on BBC One as they were listening to it, and uh, and he was quite freaked out by it, and and she found herself sort of rummaging in her bag of stuff to say, and and felt quite unsure about it. She said, I I tell him God is with him, but I can't promise him that it might never happen to him. So I don't know how to help him. I think that's a really common feeling when we face something like this. And, and it's a big question. How do I frame for my kids? Um, We talk about framing as sort of, sort of um, telling your kids, this is what you're looking at. This is who God is and what you're looking at. And how do we frame that when it's something you know, horrific like like child-on-child violence and, and random stabbings? And how do we help them understand that? And I just wanted to give you a bit of tools about how to begin to do that. One thing that you can do is to begin to really explore for yourself and with your kid what is underneath the question or what is underneath the freakout? Uh, it can feel like a big issue, but I, I find that there are two completely almost different ways or strands that you can go down this. One is is if you're asking questions and you're beginning to notice your kid, you're the expert in your kid. You'll know uh, what their worries are. And if you don't, you can just ask curious questions. Um, uh, I wonder what what makes you the most nervous about walking home or uh, what makes you the most frustrated about this situation? Or it seems to me that you're worried or are you more angry? And you can just ask questions that will tease out of them, open questions, tease out of them to talk more. You can even just go for the very blunt, which I do often as a youth pastor, um, is to just go, tell me more about that. (laughs) Most of my life is spent going, tell me more about that. Tell me more about you being 
uh, nervous that this might happen to you? Why would you think that it might happen to you? And just begin to tease out. And what you'll notice is it will come out in two strands. One, it will come out in fear, um, just a real sort of sense of paranoia, uh, the a powerlessness of sort of living in a world that this could happen and and what if it happens to me and I'm scared and when when you're faced with what is coming out as fear then rather than try to answer the entire question about everything, you can really minister into that fear. So if you're noticing that it's really a, a fear of, of self-preservation or a fear of, you know, people being unpredictable and violent around them, then you can begin to minister into that fear. You can talk about how it's understandable to uh, be scared because it's scary living in a broken world and it's unpredictable and it's hard to understand and my heart struggles to understand with that. So you can validate their their feelings because uh, that is a right thing to hear that lots of people are being stabbed and uh, and to think danger, danger. That's, that's a natural instinct. Um, but you can then begin to describe how people in scripture had peace even in the uncertainty of what others will do. And you can remind stories of, you know, Mary who was pregnant and and people could have been really violent towards her and yet she found peace. Um, you can talk about Paul who was in the middle of a shipwreck and then got bitten by a poisonous snake and then got beaten with rocks and he was in the middle of all sorts of uncertainty and worry and in the midst of stuff that was going wrong and yet he managed to find peace and God brought him peace in that, and that that God says that he is the prince of peace, and you can talk about how can we find his peace in our lives, and that is really important because I think sometimes our children think that they can only have peace if they if everything around them is perfect, and actually we're called to work and walk in a broken world with the peace of God. And so you can uh, share your stories about um, when you're afraid and how you access God's peace. And uh, whether you do it brilliantly or whether you are still figuring it out, you create a window into your life. You uh, frame for them how you do it and what you do. Uh, Share how you feel about it. And then you can sort of come up with a plan for you and your kid uh, to um, how they can respond when they're feeling uh, like they're struggling. Uh, So often we just sort of leave them going, don't be afraid, be peaceful. And uh, kids often need really tangible next steps to uh, say, when your brain starts going down that spiral of, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. Uh, One thing you can do is just stop and say, God, you are peace and your peace is bigger than anything else. And just take a moment, close your eyes, take a deep breath in and say, God, bring your peace. Or you can uh, have a scripture that you pick and let's try writing that down and then you can open it up and read it. And to come up with a plan and it will be different for every kid and you'll know your kid so you can help. Uh, But help them find some way of managing their heart in a way that helps them access God's peace. Now we have a question that came up during our uh, Facebook Q&A, and uh, it was about uh, running the course. And so uh, we thought we'd do this because most of our court, well, half ish of our courses that are run are not run centrally by a church. Um, Some are, but a lot are parents who have decided to grab this together. A couple of friends having a a look at the Parenting for Faith course on the website, watching them individually in their houses and heading out to a pub to discuss it once a month, or uh, mums after a school drop-off in the morning, or or a bunch of dads who've decided to get together on a Saturday. So uh, 
I thought we'd include this question here because if you want to explore this stuff sort of proactively and, and really grow in sort of understanding and approaches, uh, you might want to run the course. And if so, this question might be relevant for you. Have you found that parents are intimidated by the course? I'm worried parents might feel that they are not there yet with their faith themselves. How can we support them? Great question. Um, I think everybody's intimidated by the course <laughs> because you're going on a course that's talking about the spiritual life of your kids. And I think everybody feels exposed at the beginning. Um, I feel exposed running it at the beginning because I, I think, I think, well, I'm not perfect at this. Nobody's perfect at this. And I think that's a natural part of any parenting course is feeling vulnerable about your parenting. That is normal. And feeling vulnerable about your spiritual parenting is going to be even more normal because, because it's something that often we haven't quite wrapped our brains around. And so for me, that's why so much of the course is about going, it's okay to be exactly where you are. I've had people go on the course who aren't... Um, Christians yet who haven't yet decided this is the path for me but they want something spiritually for their kids and that's the goal is for people to have been Christians for 25 years to be able to come on it and people who have um, still not decided that this is the path for me can come on it and we can say your faith is important to you and it's vital for your kids and wherever you are on the journey is valuable to them and that's why we're in a community. That's why we have each other. So that if there's particular areas that you feel that you haven't quite grasped yet, somebody in this room will have, and they can create windows for your kids too. And so the, the importance of putting them all together is a really helpful tool to do that and to just affirm them and affirm them and affirm them. In the book, It Takes a Church to Raise a Parent, there's a whole chapter on key truths that are helpful to tell parents, sort of real affirmation, ways to shove courage into parents' hearts. And if you're going to run a course, I'd really recommend that you get the book, It Takes a Church to Raise a Parent, because that really um, trains trains you in how to um, sensitively encourage, really shove courage into parents' hearts and give them truths to cling on to, rather than just, I feel ill-equipped to do this and I'm embarrassed, because we're all on a journey. And, and giving those statements into their hearts would really help. So one of the questions that comes up quite a lot on the Parenting for Faith course is people who uh, hear the idea of chat and catch and they think it's great, but their children are young. They may be one, two, three, four, that kind of age. And so they think, what on earth does this look like for little people? Uh, I struggle to have a proper conversation with them about anything. So how do I get them to chat and catch with God? So I just wanted to give a few suggestions of um, what that looks like with under fives. So the first thing which is mentioned uh, on the, in the Parenting for Faith course is that they don't have to do it in their heads. For a small person, the idea of chatting to God in their head is normally too much. It's too tricky. And so when you give them a prompt and suggest that they chat to God about something, they will almost certainly shout it out loud. And so for older children, when they're getting towards three, four, you can encourage them to either whisper their answer into their hand or whisper it into a pillow or a cushion um, they can hide under their covers, they can make a little tent or whisper to the wall, whatever works for them, that works really well. Um, for really little ones, for one-year-olds, maybe two-year-olds, they probably won't even get that, that's absolutely fine, they'll need to say their answer out loud. Um, and that's not a problem, but just keep directing the conversation back to God. 
you might be curious about what they're hearing, but uh, make sure that you're saying this is for God. The second thing is that it doesn't have to be verbal. So chat and catch, we think about talking, don't we? But it doesn't have to be three words. So they could draw a picture of something. They can make something out of Play-Doh. They can show him stuff. You know, God is a, a proud parent. He wants to see their new skills as well. So they can show him that they've just learned to clap their hands or how fast they can zoom on their scooter or the funniest face that they can make. It doesn't have to be just with their words. And the third thing is just to weave conversational prayer into whatever you're already doing. So for under five, so much of their life is spent playing, isn't it? So let's chat to God about what they're doing with their toys. Focus on the things that interest them, the things that they can see. So if you've got a child strapped in the buggy and you're walking along to a playgroup, something like that, you might want to point out the flowers, ask them to tell God which one they like best and why if they're a little bit older. Or if you're watching, they're watching telly, they can tell God which Paw Patrol character they'd most like to be or what's making them laugh about Peppa Pig. They can point things out. It doesn't have to be about things that are traditionally, spiritually and holy. It can be about whatever they're into. Uh, so the first thing is that they don't have to do it in their heads. The second thing is that it doesn't have to be verbal. And the third thing is about weaving conversational prayer into whatever you're doing. And then the fourth thing is about using prompts from their emotions. So sometimes more complex emotions are a bit tricky for little ones. But we do a lot around the emotions of kind of things are good or bad or happy or sad, don't we? And so I found for me, these are quite helpful prompts. So something great happens, maybe they peed on the potty, great, let's tell God about that. Uh, maybe they've got a new toy and they're really excited, so let's show God what it can do. But it's also those kind of those down times and the sad, difficult times. So maybe their friends snatch their toy, they could tell God how that makes them feel. Or they fell over and they bumped their knee and it really hurts. Let's show God where it hurts, let's ask him to make it better. So you get the idea, it's just about picking up on those little good, bad, happy, sad things that happen throughout the day. Um, but I know it can be hard to see what this looks like in practice. So what I thought I'd do now is just play you a little clip of um, some chat, chatting to God with a one-year-old and show you how um, you can kind of just pick up on what they're interested in and what they're saying and doing. You'll see his attention span in this is literally not even two or three seconds on each thing and he's all over the place. But that's fine. You can just redirect and give them ideas of different things to chat to God about. So let's hear that. Do you want to do some chat and catch with God? Yeah. Tell God your favourite colour. Red. Red? Tell God an animal you like. Tiger. And show God what does a tiger say. Can you show God something funny? What's funny? Red. Red is running. That was your colour as well. Okay. Oh. Can you tell God? Did you do anything fun today? Oh, you're showing God your toes. God, toes. God, look at your toes. How many toes have you got? Toes. Got your feet. Did you make them? God made all of you, didn't he? Did he make your toes? Stars. He made the stars. God. God made the twinkle, twinkle stars. Do you want to sing Twinkle, Twinkle for God? Twinkle, 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 twinkle,
Wow, thank you God for the stars. So as you can see, we were not aiming for deep theological complex prayers there, but there is a little boy that knows he can uh, show God the sound that a tiger makes and tell him his favourite colour and sing a song that he's really into at the moment and show him his toes. Great, if he can talk to God about the little things now, as he gets older, he'll be able to chat to God about uh, more meaningful and more important things. Uh, so he's nearly two, and then my daughter, who's three, is able to take this a little bit further. So uh, with her, we are really encouraging her to do the whispering or um, just speak to God in a way that is, is showing that it's directed to God and not to us. She often doesn't need prompts in the same way, or she will suggest a prompt that we both do. So she'll say, let's tell God something we really enjoyed today, and we'll both do that in our heads. But we're encouraging her to take a little bit more of a lead. So wherever your child is at at the moment, just start small, start little bits, and see what is their next step. If you want to come back to this, I've written it up as a post for our website. It's called Ideas to Get Under Fives Chatting to God. Have a great time experimenting. Okay, so today's question is a bit of a theological one. There is a big debate within sometimes children's ministry communities about whether or not describing Jesus as a superhero is a useful question or not a useful question. Uh, so that's the debate you get to have with your kids this week. Is Jesus like a superhero or is he not like a superhero? Discuss. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you. Music.